You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And uh, Birmingham Nick. Birmingham Nick. You got all the inside of the tea, man. That's me. Uh, Kermit over here just drinking my tea in uh, in a hotel room. Hmm. Feeling okay, Pot- bud? Feeling okay. Potting on the go. Uh, it's a long day and uh, just had a hotel salad for dinner. So hopefully, a hotel salad, man. No, no, no. It was like it was like one of those pre-made, pre-made ones you get at Publix. Yeah, that's unrighteous. Yeah, it was not great. We're we're getting dinner after this with some other reporters, but it's been uh, it's been a long day. Still got to do some writing, but uh, it uh, it was it was it's good. For, so for me, this is like the start of football. So for me, this is like I I gotta get back into the mode. It's just a long day. But, yeah. Like so, it's two a days, right? Yeah, man, they outlawed that, except for reporters. Except for reporters. Except for reporters. We got two days. But it's good. A lot less Dan, people here. Dan, how was your weekend? You're not in Birmingham doing anything exciting like that. Did you dance anywhere this weekend? No, sir. Um, after my six, seven-week bender, whatever it was on, I, I used this weekend, <laughs> well, I used the weekend to relax. Yeah, it's it's too much bender. So I, I was looking back on it. I mean, I had stuff for like six or seven weeks in a row, like four to five days a week. Like my body's not built like that anymore, you know? So I did some thinking, did some some recollection of my mind, body, and soul this weekend and uh, ready to be back at it this weekend. We got a, uh, an event for Silk and his birthday. Uh, DJ Polly D's coming to town. Uh, what else is going on? There's all sorts of stuff going on. That's crazy. So he just said he 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 found his inner chi, and then he he rattles off a list of other drinking events that are going. Yeah, to yeah, happen. yeah. You see the it vibes. Sounds, it sounds more like the, a, a tire fell off, and he's just waiting to to put a new tire on. At the NASCAR pit. The track. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I said NASCAR. They're quick. It's a quick. It's a quick, yeah. quick change. Yeah. See exactly. That's right. You can't live the life you want to live by just sitting around waiting for fun to come to you. You have to go find it. You know That's what I mean? a fact, Dan. So, so I said. I spent this weekend and relaxing my mind, body, and soul. I didn't say I'm going to spend the rest of my life relaxing. So we're going to be back at it. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be partying. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to have ourselves a weekend. So Can't wait to tell you guys about it next week. So your mind, body, and soul was all on the bender, eh? Yes. It takes okay. a toll. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm getting old. Getting old. Not as good as you once were. Oh, no, I am. I'm probably even better than I once was. But I, was about I don't to say, recover as quickly. That's true. I was about to say Silk's better. I, I'm definitely not as good as I once was. Oh, I'm not good at all. <laughs> you don't see me doing any nighttime activities, bro. All the activities you see me doing, even at the Kush, I was daytime activities, baby. I, I did see that. It, that does, uh, now that I think back on it, Silk, a lot of the stuff you do do is is do uh, is brunch time, lunch time, early afternoon, early yes, evening. Sir. If anything going on after that, man, the staff going to take care of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm in bed by 8, 9 o'clock, bro. I'm wash, wash. 
That's a lead washed. That is yeah, a lead yeah. washed. But I'm also up at like 4:30 in the morning, so my day starts early. But that's too, also so. that's a lead wash too. Yeah, yeah. Like enjoying a nice sunrise. <laughs> huh? What? Yeah. Dan, Dan's so catches enjoying the, the sunrises, thing. but it's like just getting back from. Yeah, yeah. yeah so and I are up at the same time. Yeah. You know? We're passing each other on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm excited to see you on. Uh, on Saturday, Silk, Nick, hopefully you can make it. Uh, let's get uh, into the – oh, Silk, we didn't even ask you. How was your weekend? You had a big event with uh, Tracy Howard this weekend. Oh, yeah, man. I had a great time this weekend. Thanks for asking, Dan. Um, fun, man. I wanted to kick off some content. It, originally, it was supposed to kick off with Janoris. Um, had that cancellation a few weeks ago. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me reshift and redo some things. Um, we're doing some visual content at the Kush House. So I had Tracy Howard came in. I got him to admit some things in that recruitment and uh, some decision-making that he made. It's going to be some fiery content, man. We cooked a whole pig. I had some Cuban guys come up from South Florida, cook a whole pig. Uh, we did some magical things, man. It's going to be dope. I'm excited to do visual content. I got some Gator players lined up. Got some more UM alum lined up, some Florida State guys lined up for the fall. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah, that's, you, a, uh, that's the way to cook it, too, the way they cook that pig. I saw it on yeah. your, I think your IG story. Right, um, where they've got like low and slow, they've got yeah. all flattened out. That's what I don't eat. Like. I didn't eat. I only I didn't eat any of. That's just tragic. <laughs> That's tragic. They have like six whole chickens, right? And an entire pig, right? And Silk's so like, is there any like tofu? Yeah, give me, give me yeah. the rice and that salad you had. That hotel salad is what I pretty much ate. No, he he eats what the pig ate before. You know. All <laughs> Oh, all, grains, all grains and vegetables. Pigs eat anything, so I don't know. Man, oh man. Well, let's get into the show, shall we, boys? Uh, Nick, you got a lot to catch us up on. Uh, but before we do that, let's give our friends over at Roof Soldier a call. So if you need a new roof or if your roof is leaking, maybe your insurance company uh, is making you replace your roof. Maybe you're getting prepared for a hurricane season. Give them a call at one roofs fl Again, that's 877-766-3735. Mention Stadium Miguel, get $1,000 off. And I had lunch with these guys the other day. Awesome guys. Uh, Ron Perez is their uh, is their general counsel. Great guy, former Gator in the early Spurrier days. So he told us a bunch of Spurrier stories and uh, just a great group of guys over there. So again, RoofSoldier.com, 877-ROOFS-FL. All right, Nick, let's dive in the SEC media days. The Gators were represented by Dan Mullen, Zach Carter, and Ventral Miller. Uh, got a host of topics, so I want you to uh, to dive in uh, when you can based on, on quotes and things of that nature. So uh, big news out of Greg Sankey's speech as he announced that games will not be rescheduled this fall due to COVID. It's up to teams to get vaccinated, uh, and if they don't have enough, they may have to forfeit. Uh, six of the 14 teams have reached the 80% vaccination threshold. Uh, the Florida Gators are a team that have not yet met that threshold. But, Nick, can you dive into that a little bit more uh, about what the difference between being above or below the threshold uh, might be? Yes, I think the I think the science says like herd immunity starts at like 75%. So basically uh, the SEC will – you can suspend your, your testing for COVID entirely if you have 80% of your roster um, that's vaccinated. So they want to get to that point. Obviously, you know, this isn't a dictatorship. You can't, you know, line, line people up and, and stick them with a shot if they don't want it. Um, but I think what Greg Sankey is saying is, hey, last year 
the circumstances were so extreme that we built in all of these avenues to where something happened and, and you couldn't play this week. We could shift schedules around. And I think what he's saying right now is we're not going to do that. We can't do that. We're playing a full schedule. Um, there's an option. And if you want to take that option, cool. But look what happened to NC State in, in the College World Series. Two guys who weren't vaccinated test positive. Then they test people who were vaccinated. And all of a sudden, NC State, who's making a run and, and, and looked like they were, had a good chance to win the College World Series, their season's over. So I think what Greg Sankey's saying now is um, if you don't get tested, that's fine, but that's on you. If you can't play a game because you don't have enough people to play that week, we're not giving you a do-over. You're going to forfeit that game. Interesting. And then did, did I, like, Dan, I like that. I like that. Did Dan I like, regardless of how I play out, man, like the season getting dragged out, trying to reschedule games is mm -hmm. too much. You, I mean, when when do you? You're playing a full 12 games now, and you only got one bye week. You know, if, if you miss, you know, I post this if Florida Alabama doesn't happen week three because some, something happens, Alabama, you know, a bunch of kids test positive or Florida test positive, when do you remake that game? I tell you what, if Bama was to come up sick for that game, I'm going to pretend in my mind that they was chicken shit. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna let everyone know about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to talk big trash. That's my thing. Like, if they so if you miss a game like that, how does it hurt your resume trying to make it? Like, if if you come up to like trying to choose who make it to the playoffs, missing big games like that, does it count against you because you were sick? Like, how does that work out? I mean, it, it probably goes to how do you count it? Do you count it as a no contest or right. does it count as an L? It's, I, if I think a forfeit counts as an L, no. That's a yeah, forfeit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A forfeit. I, they haven't. They haven't really said exactly. I think this is probably the strongest thing he's ever come out. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, we'd probably be getting into that forfeit territory. Um, so, I mean, it, he, but every, he, this is like a state of the union address. Like when a president meets, you right. know, in front of Congress, like his, his speech today is well-planned, thought out, looked over, um, probably people helping him write it. Like, so if he's even bringing that up, even mentioning forfeit, like, I don't think that like, Oh well, maybe it'll happen. Like, hey, that's probably the road you're heading down. So, mm -hmm. if if something pops up, um, you're gonna end up forfeiting a game. So, like, let's say Alabama. I think Alabama's over under wins losses this year is eleven and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and if they couldn't play a game, you know, hey, they've already hit the under because they've lost that one game because of a COVID forfeit. Mm. Yeah, and I know that the Big 12 had their media days last week, so I, I don't remember if they had a, a statement of the sort, but but I would imagine that it's going to count as an L. I would imagine that most um, conferences are going to probably do the same, and I think that they need to. I think that that's a strong message of, of what to do and try to um, you know help stop the spread of, uh, of the coronavirus. So um, interesting news. It's obviously the biggest news uh, from Greg Sankey. Uh, we get into Dan Mullen's speech. Uh, Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators are the first team uh, to talk at SEC Media Days. Did any other teams today talk, Nick? Um, LSU and there was a one, I think one other team. Oh, it was, uh, um, it was South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah South Carolina. Right. Once um, once Florida goes, I kind of like I don't I don't really see anything else because you know you go into a room where it's it's quieter, so you can start writing and working. Um, so I saw a little bit of Sankey, but then um, we we go into like a local reporters room. So even before Dan Mullen hits the stage, it's just like the people who are from Gainesville talking to him. So like I missed the second half of Sankey, and then um, got to talk to Zach and Ventrell and, and Dan, and it was cool after. Um, we just like kicked it with Ventrell and Zach, you know, cause they were kind of just like waiting for Dan to finish and we just kicked it with them and just talking to them, you know, 
Uh, What's your um, oh go ahead go off the record? Um, yeah, just talking to them like off the record stuff, just about oh, NIL and it's stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> thought you had something off the record. Some good shit. I'm a journalist. We got off the record stuff. We're not going to be uh, divulging that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. You're a professional. You want to go full Shannon Sharp? Um, <laughs> we all had like opinions on who we thought would go to SEC media day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of threw Ventrell in there just because I knew like senior leadership, and he's mm-hmm. like a guy they've been like talking about from that standpoint. Um, what did you get? How did you like Ventrell at, at senior day? He. Uh... He's he's not a good quote in terms of like writing it. So like if I'm reading if I'm if you're reading a story, like there's not a lot to it. But he's got such a great personality um, and a lot of energy to him. And 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 I think a lot of the guys. So you get asked like the same questions different ways. And a lot of these other play, uh, uh, you know, media members that like uh, don't know the players will ask you questions and kind of like look for you to get tripped up. And obviously that's something he was talking to me about today. He was like, they kept like asking me about like Dan Mullen going off against Missouri. Like I'm going to bash my head coach and say that, you know, he lost his composure and, and we were embarrassed or something. He's like, what, what do they think I'm going to say about some of this stuff? So I think he handled himself really well. He's not someone that we talked to, a ton before so i was surprised that they brought him just in that aspect where he hasn't done a ton of media with us and you kind of want to bring someone who's polished like zach carter we've talked to him for years now and you kind of know exactly what he's going to say so ventro was good today not going to give you any you know headlines <laughs> he's not going to get you in trouble with any bulletin board material but he was good he handled everything pretty well yeah, I thought that that was a safe pick. Uh, I think we all said Zach Carter was going to go. We all thought that three people were going to go um, to SEC Media Days, came out a couple days later, it would only be two. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't put uh, Emory Jones or somebody from the uh, offensive right. side of the ball. Um, you know, you have a defensive lineman and a middle linebacker, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I guess Damn, those guys, Dan Mullen feels comfortable, right? You have a fifth-year senior and a sixth-year guy, right? So. Yeah, it's Dan Mullen to the court, man. Senior leadership. I guess uh, Emory's not old enough yet. I think if – if and, and, well, I, what years. about this? I pose this. I like to pose things. I pose this. Like, he also mentioned about AI being a quarterback competition, so maybe he didn't send Emory because of that. There's no competition. I don't, I don't yeah, think I know. there's a real competition. Yeah. I think you have you to see that. that out there. No? So you I don't think, think – I don't think it's a competition – but I do think if Emory don't get this thing going pretty quick, that we can start seeing a lot of AR. Mm. Yeah, I like quick. that. Take. Like what? Like what's 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 the what's the leash? Like I, I, like if he if he has, and also like how much? Uh, someone asked me today. So like if I say I would say this. So um, this oh, no, I don't want to throw that wild scenario out there. Go ahead. That's well, well, here's just, that's just so too much heat for typi- me. Typically, you think okay. Uh, you won't show much against FAU or USF because you don't have to, and then you got right. Bama coming. So you want to save some stuff. But you're running it entirely. Dan kind of finally started talking to this point because he well, he was skirting around it in the spring. The, the, the offense is going to be entirely different. Right. And, and you can see it, and, and Emory can look great, and Damian Pierce can look great, and, and, and Hendo and all these guys, but you've got to start running stuff because it's only stuff that you've run – in the spring, you wouldn't you wouldn't be calling these plays with Kyle Trask. So, how vanilla can you be against USF and against FAU um, when you're still trying to figure out what can we do well, what do we not do well? 
how do we hide our weaknesses? How do we, you know, play to our strengths? And then if you're not doing enough against FAU USF, like I don't, I don't see any way. No, we're gonna like, wax out, those teams. Uh, I, don't I don't see think. any way, like outside of Alabama, uh, you know, outside of injury, that like anyone other than Emory Jones is starting a quarterback week three. Um, I think it depends. I think it, I think it depends on how crisp it looks. I think it depends on how clean it looks. I, I think that Emory Jones it depends on that offensive line, my brother. That's what, like, I think. Because we like, I like Emory, and they both are dual threat quarterbacks. But one is definitely a, a, a better athlete. Ar is a better athlete. Uh, he's more dynamic in open field. He could do more things. So all of it's going to be dependent on our running game and offensive line. Um, to me, as far as like if, if these guys are going to stick, or if, if Emory is going to stick, rather, like if he can't get that going, I don't think he, like passing. He's going to be able to drop back and be able to make passes and, and move this offense. Yeah, I and I don't know what Anthony Richardson does to solve that problem. You know what I mean? I, I think that he's a different runner. Uh, I don't well, know he's also he's... a special runner. Right. Emory's, well, Emory's a good runner, and AR is a special runner, and that's the difference. No, I agree. But I don't know if the offensive line is that bad that you're pulling Emory. Yeah, I don't right. know if that gets solved by putting in Anthony Richardson. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, can't, I can't wait because Dan says that now. I'm gonna be watching his Twitter the first time. The first time Emory has to roll left because the right side got blown up. I've been. I watched Kyle Trask roll left, so I can definitely watch Emory Jones roll left. Probably, probably a little faster this year than it was last year. Potentially. Um, <laughs> Potentially. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I don't expect to see a lot of Anthony Richardson, and we'll get into this buy or sell. Um, right. but I, I, I do think that you'll see him maybe 10% of the time. Uh, but I think that Emory Jones is a very, very, very long leash. Yeah, me too. I, I think Emory's one and done. I think he has a good season. He sells off into the NFL. Yeah, I like that take. Nick? Um, dang. If, if, yeah, I mean, if you're saying he's one and done, like he's got to have a – I mean, I guess because he's getting a little bit older, but like – I thought he could be here potentially two more years. Be here in twenty twenty two starting quarterback. No, nope, um, nope, nope, nope. I don't see that. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah, you guys are hard, hard no, on that. Uh, yeah, bro, this yeah. is this is it. Yeah, he's I got, think he's that, got one shot. I think yeah, I think that's all he needs. I think he'll be productive. Chance. I think he'll be productive enough. Um, I think he's gonna have a real good season. It's not gonna be like oh he's jumping early. I think he's gonna have a good enough season that, that it makes sense. And also like. AR is just gonna keep getting better, and his ceiling's higher, dog. So he gotta get he gotta get it now, bro. It's, it's only so long you can hold that monster on the bench. One shot, one opportunity, mom spaghetti. Yep, that's right. All right, so thanks, Nick. Um, so uh, Dan Mullen then spoke about wanting to do away with permanent cross division opponents. This question came up uh, during his discussion uh, about Alabama visiting swamp for the first time in 10 years. Uh, he said that he wants to get rid of uh, cross divisional rivalries to allow for more opportunities for teams to play each other, uh, similar to the way that he did last year. Um, are you guys in favor of the permanent cross division uh, rivalries that are in place now. Um, would you be in favor of a different team being our cross divisional rival, or would you want to get rid of them completely? No, I think we need them for sure. I like Dan. I, like, I want to mix it up. I want to play Bama more. Uh, I don't want to play LSU and the, the, the same West programs we play every single year. Like I wouldn't mind mixing it up for sure. 
So I, I've, I've grown to love that LSU game. Like Florida LSU, there's like weird stuff happens. Um, yeah. I mean, generally the weird stuff is in like LSU's favor. Like the, the fake field goal, um, Jacob Hester in the fourth downs last year, the fog and the shoe and no Kyle Pitts and all that. I love that game. I would be interested. So, like, when when the college football playoff expands, because it seems like it's going that way, mm-hmm. what is the point of, of the SEC having divisions anymore mm-hmm. at all? Um, and then just completely scrapping divisions, and then there's no cross-divisional opponents. Maybe you have some yearly rivals, um, and, it, and then you have nine what conference games. What the hell are you talking about, Nick? I'm talking – so, if the if – the, if the college football, if the college football playoff expands to twelve teams, and they're going to add more, they need to be, uh, like. Well, how do you do like? You have a fourteen team conference, and that way, you know, you're not going to get um, a situation where a team gets left out because they lost in the conference championship or didn't get into the conference championship, something like that. I just think that right. with I think the whole landscape, if, they get, if it gets bigger, you're going to try to get more teams in. And I think getting rid of divisions would give you a better opportunity to have schedules that could get three or four teams in from the sec potentially if you're having, you know, if you're having a good year versus, well, they didn't even win their division. They didn't get to the sec mm. championship game. Right. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know a, if that no, matters. Yeah, it does. Cause A&M kind of ran into that problem last year. Yeah. Yeah. But A&M also ran into the fact that there was some teams that had better records. And if you're expanding to 12, I don't, A&M doesn't get left out. Right. I mean, you know, you had an SEC. You had a, a play, you had a you had a playoff a couple of years ago with a team that didn't even play in the SEC championship, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it matters so much. I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of pushback from kind of your older alumni, your bigger voices, kind of your more traditionalists about getting rid of divisions. You know, I think that that, mm-hmm. you know, I think obviously you can keep some of them like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, that kind of stuff. But I think that you know when you have something that's in place for what we're 29 years in our current sec outside of texas a&m and missouri coming in um you you have a lot of interest in continuity of a lot of interest in, in keeping a lot of those same programs but i don't necessarily think that getting rid of divisions makes the sec's case better the sec already is and will continue to be for the foreseeable future the dominant conference so i don't i don't know why there's gonna why they would get rid of divisions Dan's Dan's been doing this for a while. He brought it up when Florida played Auburn because Florida and Auburn used to be a year a yearly game. This is all right. came this all came about because of the expansion in 2012. But like you, you're not getting rid of of cross divisional opponents. Like Alabama and Tennessee have played 103 times. Right, first starting in, in 1901. Like you're not getting rid of that game. And some some of the rivalries like, like who like who wanted who wants that game so bad those, those two fan bases they call I don't it think Tennessee want that ass whooping they don't want it for real it's, it's college football there there was a time where Tennessee was really good there in the nineties and, and was just beating Alabama's tail but I think they haven't won since 06. Mm. yeah they won out of that I could promise you I haven't <laughs> talked to anybody out there yet but. I just go on record saying I think they won out of that deal. But no, I would I would imagine that your two most vocal schools are Florida and Tennessee about wanting to get rid of cross divisional rivalries. Not just because Florida's scared of I'm not not just because Florida's not scared of LSU. I think that that idea is ridiculous. But also the idea that you know there's some school that their cross divisional rivalry is Vanderbilt or Mississippi State or Arkansas, right? Like 
Florida's is LSU, which has historically and traditionally been a top 15 team. And if I get the chance to get out of playing a top 15 team every year where I can potentially rotate that with a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss, which, you know, historically haven't been as good, like, yeah, I'm going to beat that drum. You know, and I think that the Florida LSU rivalry has grown a lot over the last decade or so. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of those weird things that have happened, but I don't think that like college football is lost without a Florida LSU yearly game every year. It got or Tennessee, out. Alabama. Tennessee, Alabama. That's, that's just like, uh, it's I mean, like it's us and FAU history. at this point. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> it's true. Oh. Poor Josh Hoop, Hypel, Hoopel, Hypel, whatever Heupel. his name is. Pray for that, man. Yeah, He's pray for him. Pray, pray. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. You, you, you know what I mean? So, you know, I don't, I don't know um, if they will ever get rid of the cross-divisional rivalries, but I do like the idea of potentially playing other SEC schools more regularly. And I do think that the way that the schedule got so messed up when they added Missouri uh, and uh, Texas Mm -hmm. A&M to the SEC, and then they made other schedules and changes and everything else. Like the fact that Alabama hasn't been to the swamp in years is ridiculous. The fact that they haven't, you know, really played Georgia much in the last 13 years is ridiculous. Like, you know, I'm just waiting on some consistency in scheduling. I mean, Florida's played from 2016 to 18, played Michigan three times. Um, oh my god, I that, hate that game. That that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like weird stuff happens, and but it's like you've played Arkansas once. Um, yeah, I I would I would be in favor of going to nine games. Something that uh, Nick Saban's been beating beating the door down for. Um, keep the keep the cross divisional rival, and then you still have two opponents from from the other side. So you get um, you get to play most, if not all, of you know, the, uh, the entire conference within, you know, a four year career. Which I think is what we should do. I like that idea. And people are talking already about, um, you know, like I think Sankey's met, been asked about it. Scott Strickland's talked about it. Greg Byrne in Alabama's talked about it. Um, with the changing of the college football playoff and all that, like Scott Strickland's a, a big proponent of like getting rid of these directional games. Um, I think, a lot of that is to they're trying to sell tickets. I'm like, you're not selling tickets to, you know, Samford. Um, who's going to that game? You've got to try to lump that in into like a package. Um, so they're trying to get rid of some of those games and just really go into, you know, an all power five versus power five schedule. Yeah. Is that is that is that I mean that's that's gonna be that's how you start really killing college football. And the big programs can't yep. make that money with the uh, with the small programs can't make that money with the bigger mm-hmm. programs. Uh, that's when it really starts uh, getting into like professionalism and and whatnot. Um, because what, you killed a small school. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, uh, you know, FAU is going to get a big fat check from Florida. Um, that's going to pay for travel or pay for upgrades. It, it, mm-hmm. it pays for the program. Um, you know, that's why these you know smaller schools play these games because the money they get to go up and catch an L pays for their program, pays for them to be able to go and recruit and puts them yep. on a bigger stage. But the, the problem is the Power Five, those conferences have gotten so powerful. Like the other day, um, so I, th- I forget what came up, but I was like, the NCAA doesn't have any power over like these. If, if those, if the Power Five wanted to just dip and be like, hey, we don't, we're going to do our own thing for football. We don't need you NCAA. The NCAA has no like action of recourse against that. And then you're going to like tune into 
Florida, Alabama, or you're going to watch the NCAA, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia Southern versus, uh, you know, FIU. Yeah. I mean, Mark Emmert basically admitted that, you know, not too long ago, um, you know, a couple of days ago, he admitted that basically they don't really have, you know, much power and he sees a, uh, an opportunity if you know, one of these big conferences or the power five want to leave and, and do their own thing. But I'm with Silk. I mean, these power fives get, you know, in cahoots together. They only play each other. I mean, that that's what's going to kill college football, because as much as it's, you know, unfortunate to see Florida play Sanford or Florida play FAU and you want to see them play, you know, Michigan or Utah, not Michigan. Nobody wants to play <laughs> Michigan anymore. You know, Utah or Arizona, right? A Texas Tech, something different. Um, you know, it's, it's when that only happens and you don't lose in your Appalachian states and your ball states and these schools that give kids opportunities to play college football and get an education paid for, get opportunities presented to them. That's what the downfall of college football is because group of five football is not going to yield anywhere close to the amount of money for these schools to stay in business and uh, are these athletic programs to stay in business. And that, that'll be a sad day, but it's, I think it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like the the five the, the power five is like the five like mob mob families and they're just like ready to cut out the, this little middleman and they're just like we'll, we'll just run our own racket. But yeah. I agree with Dan. Like I, I, I see it coming, but it, yeah, it would. I mean, Silk said it too that that kills all those smaller schools that need that money, that need that exposure from the power five. But the power five doesn't need them. Yeah. I mean, they used to for like warm ups, like. You needed that game to kind of figure out some things, man, to sort some things out. Maybe you got a quarterback battle. Uh, you can sort that out at, at, yeah. at versus Towson or something like that, Sanford. Now, like, could we – Yeah, you had, some, you had some – you had one game injuries that needed to be sorted out at the right, first game yeah, of the yeah. season. Fake, fake yeah. suspens- suspensions and shit, yeah. like that some, type of some stuff. Some migraines, things of right. that nature. <laughs> but, I mean, the bag's just too big now, man. Uh, it, yeah. that's, it's coming regardless. I mean, we can't – you just can't stop this freight train. And that's what it is, like – the money that's about to come, it's crazy. The, the CBS pays the SEC like $55 million a year to host the, you know, the SEC on CBS. ESPN's giving them $300 million a year for that mm-hmm. same right starting in, in 2024. Like the money's changed. The money has completely changed. And, and, and now with NIL, I think, you know, we're, we're in some uncharted waters in terms of, you know, the money, and money makes people act act in, in, in strange ways and, and change the way they're acting. Yeah, I think it's coming soon. And I think that you're going to see a lot of it over the next decade. Uh, it will be sad to see. It'll certainly be a change um, to college sports. Uh, speaking of changes to college uh, teams and things of that nature, DeMarcus Bowman is going to be expected to play in 2021 under the uh, one-year transfer rule. Uh, we expected him um, – to play, uh, but that's been a, I, I guess, is unofficially officially announced right. uh, for Demarcus Bowman. So you guys think, and we'll talk a little bit about it in our buy and sell segment. Uh, you guys think he has much of an impact this season? Is he? Yeah, I think is so. he a senior? <laughs> no, no. I think I think he's just one of them kids that 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 it's gonna be hard to keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. I hope they get him on some special teams, some kickoff, punt return type stuff to get the ball in his hand some type of way. But I think he just makes plays on some special teams or maybe on a package, and, and the fans going to just start like, yo, we need to see this kid more. But I think Bowman's going to be – Bowman or Linger, one of them two that got top-end speed and that could take – like the score from anywhere on the field, one of those guys going to um, make make a, um, a stamp this year. You think you think he's he's 
talented enough and, and, and if he gets the opportunity that it's like, yes, hey, I'm gonna you make finish. you yes. I'm gonna make you take me off the field. And you're I, gonna look I, stupid I, for not putting me on the field. Yeah, I think he's that good. I do. He's that guy that just stays him. on the field. He misses his call to come off and he just stays there. Happens in hockey a lot. You know, the, the guy that, that feels like he's buzzing around the, the, the ice won't uh, won't get the line change. And the other guy that's looking is just like, what the heck? I can see a lot I of that. I think it's going to be like a game where we're consistent. We're running the ball on somebody pretty good. Um, guys like Damien are getting five, six yards to carry. That type of thing is going down. We're moving the chains. We're winning. Then, and they get spelled for somebody like Bowman. And, and he breaks like a 50-yarder. And everybody's like, whoa, that five and six is good. We're moving the chains, but damn, that, that's a little <laughs> bit more sexy. Um, that's how I, I foresee it playing out. Second and four, you're happy with second and four until somebody comes in and, and you know turns a first and ten into another first and ten, right. but 50 yards downfield. Right. I'm looking forward to those days. Um, let's see. In some other quotes, uh, there was a question about Jaden Hill by a local reporter of where Jaden Hill's from. Uh Dan Mullen uh, said that it looks to be like he's going to be a, a starter, a cornerback for them. Said Jane Hill's done an amazing job. You're looking at a young guy who was injured in high school, came in, played for us, got over that injury, injury has continued to work, has had a great mindset, great attitude, obviously really great family, high character, excellent student in the classroom, studies the game. So uh, it seems like Jaden Hill is going to be at least penciled in right now uh, as the other starter on the other side of Kair. Uh, Elam. So, yeah, I mean that that's that was we've talked about that we've talked about that on the pod about him being the other one to start. Um, I think you know we were talking about you know how short is the leash with Emory Jones. I think with with a guy like Jason Marshall waiting in the wings, um, mm -hmm. the kid that just transferred from uh, Missouri. I'm forgetting his name. Um, mm -hmm. and with those guys waiting in the wings, I think the leash is short on Perkins. on, on Jay, yeah. I think the leash is short on Jaden Hill's starting time. Like, don't get burnt by USF because you know uh, someone else will be playing by the time Alabama shows up. Yeah, I'm. I, I think that that's the one big position battle on um, outside of safety on defense that I'm looking to see. I mean, I'm a little bit higher on Jaden Hill than I think both of you are at least higher than, than silk is. That's funny. That's probably the only time in my life I'll ever say I'm higher than silk. And oh, so, yeah. um, so well played, I, Daniel. I, I appreciate that. So um, I, I think that Jaden Hill is, is going to be a longer term starter than maybe you guys uh, have to, um, or than you guys think, but uh, I, I really like him. I think that he's a guy that if he's a little bit more physical spends this, uh, this time in the weight room gets a little bit bigger. I think that he's a more talented player than probably what he's shown, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't have any more Jaden Hills takes. I don't want no smoke. I'm cool. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. And then finally, uh, NIL uh, came up. This is a, a bit of a, a long – well, I guess this isn't finally. I've got one more. Uh, so, again, this is a long uh, quote. It was – the question was, I was wondering your thoughts on name, image, and likeness and how you – how things are going with you guys at Florida. Um, I think So, Dan Mullen said, you're looking at the state law we have in Florida, and anytime you're adapting to a new law within the state and a new law that directly affected our football program, there's a big learning curve. 
I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the opportunity it presents our players. I think it's great for the players. We had a team meeting on it this morning of continuing to educate ourselves, educate each other, continue to grow and learn with the law. What's the best way to help players operating within the law? You're going to see a large learning curve for a little bit as we get into it. I have a special name, image, likener, likeness lawyer, pardon me, interpreting the state law to make sure we get it the right way. So, um, you know, name, image, likeness is still something, uh, obviously top of mind, still trying to figure things out. I was talking about this with a, a friend of mine in compliance not long ago, uh, and he said uh, that they don't know the answer to most of those things. Most of the attorneys don't know the answers to a lot of these things, and uh, these things will just get sorted out uh, over time. So we'll be interesting to see because the Florida law on this is not very, uh, not very large. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, sorry, I think my hotel internet is struggling to keep got the that, video. The you got video that Johnny Townsend internet. They got, they <laughs> I got, do. They got Nick at the Motel Five. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in Alabama. Who knows? I didn't know they had a, a internet here in this state. They definitely got the Motel Six. Um, I didn't know. To me, it's just like when Dan was saying, "Is stuff legal?" I'm like, "Yeah." If Chipotle wants to give Zach Carter five hundred dollars for an Instagram post, a tweet, and they give him some gift cards. Like, yeah, that's legal. So I didn't understand, you know, where the illegality came into it, but not a lawyer. I'm just currently staying in a motel six. Well, Mick, I think you have some potential. I don't know if it's, I don't know if legal is maybe always the word that he, or it wasn't necessarily the word he was necessarily thinking of as much as there's, Mm. you have a lot of other things. You have compliance issues, right? Like most sponsors, the Florida Gators. So if Chipotle is sponsoring, you know, a player, does that violate any sort of contract that they have? I I don't know. These are just things that I'm pontificating on, right? If, if somebody, Uh, that word, yeah. Um, pontificating, I don't know that one. What's that? What do I mean? You can, you can deductive reason that one. Um, so <laughs> he, he uses um, another big word to, to give you a non-definition of the right? yeah, it's just a, the expressing what one's opinion. So, um, in, a, in, in an annoying or pompous way, and I think well, when you say Nick, pontificate, you become pompous as I was, I was as I was pontificating, um. <laughs> You know, I'd be well, curious like to see if there is, uh, you know, conflict of interest. Uh, obviously, there's rules about which type of uh, sponsorships you're allowed to have. There's obviously going to be questions on payments. There's going to be questions on receiving those payments. There's probably going to be questions on the types of businesses that you're allowed to do. So I think that there's just there's going to take time to figure out a lot of the, the legal wrangling uh, over this mm-hmm. more so than I think illegality. I don't think that you're getting a lot of, you know, illegal sponsorship opportunities coming up. Yeah. Probably just like a, a minor slip up. Like there is one. So like, I don't think guys can like even Florida, let's, let's say California if a player at UCLA wanted to get sponsored by, um, you know, a, a company that sells weed. Like, I don't think you can do that even though it's legal in your state. I don't think you can do it. Um, they were told not to do anything with gambling sites. So I don't know what's going on with Barstool. Because Barstool so Barstool, I, I, Barstool the other day set up a separate company that's separate from Barstool. Okay. Just to call Barstool Athlete or Barstool Athletic. Because Penn is basically is just a gaming company and Penn owns Barstool. So that, that would have been like an illegal one for them to do. In, in, right. Illegal in quotes. Um, one thing that Zach Carter said, and in, in he actually, he just he had signed a deal with Vail. Um 
which is like a healthy. Bowl. That's my friend's company. I went to high school with that guy. I had no idea he signed with them. He signed That's a deal cool. with Vale, and and he literally just so he has a team of people that will bring him stuff, and you know people reach out to him or reach out to his team. Um, but he just literally walked into Vale and was like, "Can I talk to your manager?" The manager put him in touch with their general manager, and and he's got a deal. Just a couple of tweets and stuff like that, and he's got some some free Vale bowls now. So I think stuff like that is, is cool. But he was talking about he's like, we don't really have a lot of guidance. Um, Cause I think the schools are still trying to figure it out and it's state by state. Um, so I think Zach Carter said something today that kind of caught me off guard. Said, yeah, I think there'll be some new rules in the future. And it's almost like, it's kind of like either the wild, wild West or they're Guinea pigs right now. Cause they didn't really know what, what was going to happen. The NCAA fought it and then dragged its feet. And then all the other States, you know, people in Georgia or people in Mississippi are like, Hey, why don't we have this? Florida can do it. California can do it. Georgia can do it. Um, so I think it's, it's kind of just, it's not well regulated right now. Right. Um, and, uh, I, I think guys are making money. I think, I think Ventrell and Zach both wanted to go to the mall that's attached to the hotel. Yeah. I mean, the actual law itself is only, I think 12 pages long and it's in that legal, you know, format where you have wide margins and, you know, big font, big text, everything else. There's not a lot of guidance in there. Um, I am starting to see, and I think you'll see more of this. I saw a couple of players from the university of Iowa went to a mall or a restaurant and did autograph signings. I know Spencer Rattler did, you know, the Oklahoma quarterback did some, some signings. So I think you're going to see more of that. I think that that's probably the most likely thing that you'll see is, is name and merchandise stuff with obviously some tweets and things of that nature. But I was having this, this conversation uh, with uh, the guys from roof soldier of like, how much is a tweet worth? Right. And I think that there's going to be a lot of figuring out what a tweet is worth. There's going to be a lot of analytics that are going to need to be provided behind it. What, who's your demographics? What kind of you know audience do you have? So I think that there's there's going to be a lot of, of things that settle out. Um, and I think that there's some uh, here's another one. There's some pussyfooting going around right now around what uh, companies are going to oh, I know the, do. I know the meaning of that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> what? um. What do you what do you see? Uh, what do you think about this? So, Texags, huge independent company, um, paying whatever the sum is. I mean, they paid you know ten thousand dollars to get mm-hmm. these exclusive interviews. What do you think about um, journalists or outlets like that doing it? And I think there was some outrage about Texas A and M. And I'm just thinking like, hey, like ESPN does that. They buy the rights to. Uh, you know, to stream the game or, or to to broadcast the game. And with that comes getting to talk to the head coaches on the Thursday before the game, getting to talk mm-hmm. to players and doing all this other stuff. So I'm like, well, why are you taking – I mean, Texags has been around for uh, I think more than like 15 years, a local um, internet company in – or uh, internet site in, in College Station. And I'm like, why, why is there outrage about that now? Um, but what do you think about, let's say, you know, Rivals, for instance, wanted to pay and say, hey, we're going to do a – Zach Carter is going to do a story with us leading up to every game. Do you think Do you think it's wise or do you think that's cool for people who are journalists and supposed to be covering to then start paying for interviews like that? I think um, – I think they're, they're going to start paying certain kids. Of course, they're going to try to – like certain brands, but they're, they're like everybody else. They're trying to wait and see what these kids' worth is before they just start throwing – ridiculous money at a, at a, at a college kid. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually like the captains on the team, the team, the players that uh, some of these 
coaches want speaking to the media. Um, of course, it's still up to the player, though, right? Like, yeah, it's still up to the player. I just think it's too many players for them to lock it all up. Um, I do have a take that like that type of media is probably going to be less. It ain't going to be the same. Now they could go to right to Jacob Copeland. You want to put Zach Carter in front of the media, but now they could go right to Jacob Copeland and find out what he thinks about the game. And that could be a little different than what a player like Zach Carter would say, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there's certain ways to like um we used to get asked like during games. Um, I mean, the guys don't have to talk after a game. Um, and we used to be asked like, Hey, who do you want to talk? Obviously, you know, uh, you're going to talk to the quarterback. You're going to talk to if the guy, you know, ran for 200 yards. You're going to talk to him, but guys can say no. And I think you're in a situation now where some of these websites or reporters or places are like, listen, I'm not, I don't need to use the school anymore. If I can give a guy, let's say I want to give him 200 bucks for a 20 minute interview, 10 minute interview, whatever right. he thinks his time is worth and what you think it's worth to you. I think you just circumnavigate the school now. Right. Yeah, no, I, uh, sorry, sorry. I lost you guys. Uh, my internet cut out. Um, I, you know, I, Nick on your point, and I'm not sure if self made this point is it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, the media departments at these schools start to limit what some of these guys are saying. Right. I mean, they maybe can. text, maybe text ags page you $10,000. Well, maybe they, maybe they say, Hey, I mean, if you divulge too much, maybe maybe you're playing less, right? Maybe your time on the field that you used to That's have is going to go to somebody else. You still got to recruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no, I get it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking a side. I'm not saying that that's what. Um, I want to happen, but I'm just curious to say what if that does happen, you know, is, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's obviously recruiting that goes into it, but um, you know, if our media department wants you to say one thing and then, you know, cause what are you going to do? Find these guys. I mean, that's what happens in the NFL. If these guys, you know, speak at turn or, or say something. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of things that I'm, that I'm watching. Yeah. I got too many fire ideas. So I don't want, I don't, don't want to say too much, man, but I just think the way media is going, everybody likes, uh, personal uh transparency vulnerability mm-hmm. i think you can be able to get that and yeah. not this cookie cutter media stuff that you're getting like everybody i don't watch post games no more from a coach yeah. the players it's all cookie cutter stuff if it's raw stuff or like man i just lost like you know like i'm a little pissed and it's coming from players with passion that it's a little unfiltered like i'm tuning in i'm giving that dude six seven dollars to to watch whatever he got going on his patreon because I want to know what Jacob Colton may say behind them gold teeth on a random Sunday morning or, yeah. or Saturday night after a loss. And I think yeah. to to bring up the Tracy Howard story, uh, interview you did, I think that's kind of why podcasting took off because it you've got a forum where you can just sit down and have real, honest, vulnerable conversations that aren't you know uh, restricted by time. If we wanted to podcast for six hours, we could sit here for six hours and, and, and release right. it. And, and, you know, after a game, you know, hey, you've got seven minutes with this guy and you've got to bounce around asking questions. I think it's, you know, uh, for something like like our podcast to bring a guy on and be able to just sit here and, and just chop it up. It doesn't have to be all about X's and O's and who's your next opponent, but right. just actually learning about the person behind the helmet. Because a lot of times we don't get those stories. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that take, Nick. Uh, and, and so uh, – and finally – uh, commentary from uh, from Dan Mullen on recruiting, basically saying that he doesn't 
that he doesn't rank these guys. Um, flip flip which, the switch to violence. Yeah, which I think is a uh, an interesting take uh, to have, but uh, basically that you know he recruits his guys. It uh, doesn't need uh, y'all's opinion on uh, the guys that he recruits, which I thought was a, an interesting take. Um, you know, obviously shouting out the guys that that did commit and sign with Florida, but uh, you know certainly that was a, a take that uh, I don't know if the internet wanted to hear. It, uh, uh, judging from my mentions, no, uh, they did not want to hear. Especially, um, a, especially after just missing out on Tyler Booker. Yeah. Nobody yeah. ain't trying to hear none of that. No. Um, I mean, Florida right now on Rivals is ranked behind Vanderbilt, um, in recruiting. So maybe you should start looking at the stars and going after them. I think they're doing a Everybody good job. This the they got they got a they got a solid recruiting class right now. I think every kid that they got, um, besides that DB, the last DB they took was a little suspect. But I like every other commit right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, guys with high ceilings, mm-hmm. but we just still missing on the studs, man. And we could we could keep on harping on that, man. Of like Bama taking everything in this state, but look at Bama. We just talked about this last show, like. Like I could, I could be mad at at Dan Mullen, like you know what I'm saying, from unhinged and and not stable as a person. But uh, reality says that yo, like he's going against <laughs> the 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 greatest football coach of all time for offensive tackle, a position they churn out first rounders annually. He ain't gonna yeah. win that. He got better facilities. He got championships, and he's the goat. Like he's gonna get who he wants. Yeah, I think Dan made that. I think. Maybe it might have been on Twitter, Dan. You were. Like, I did. Hey, the, yeah, that was like the guy, the player, the players are recruiting now. Florida, they were like two years old and four years old when Florida yeah. was. Let's just say relevant, because like, listen, the Florida's been kind of relevant, like the first two years of Mac, but then that was down. Um, but in terms of a national scene, Florida hasn't even been relevant um, right. outside of a, a couple years in these kids' lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Not, not. Yeah, like, no, what a- Competing for championships I, haven't even been nationally relevant. I think sometimes, like traditionally, yeah, relevance, I, relevance. Go, go ahead, man. my bad. No, you can go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I, I, I don't want. I'm not defending my take. I defended it enough on the internet. The, this is this is the comment, right? Is I am not saying that Florida is recruiting well. I'm not saying that they're recruiting poorly. I'm not saying anything about. Uh, you know, Florida, and I'm not settling. I mean, that's the thing on the internet. Everybody's like, oh, why are you settling? Like, why do you want this team to be bad? It's like, I don't, right? Like, at the end of the day, I don't care who is the head coach at the University of Florida. I don't care who the offensive coordinators. I don't care who the defensive coordinator. I don't care about anybody. I think that they're all great people, and I want people to be successful. And whoever the coach at the University of Florida is, I'm going to support them because that's my alma mater. That's a team that I cheer for, obviously, in varying levels of support. My comment was when you're going up against Alabama, it's, it's, it's an impossible conversation to, or it's an impossible thing to reason in your head. If you're a top flight offensive line prospect and you have the opportunity to Alabama, why wouldn't you? It's a lottery ticket. Right. Like, if you don't make it to the NFL, you are likely going to be playing in multiple national championships. You're likely going to be playing in the SEC championship in at least three of the four years. There's an opportunity for you to consistently be relevant and be around winners all the time. I get why a kid does it. 
Florida doesn't have a great recruiting staff. We've known that. We knew that before Dan Mullen got hired. We knew that as he's made additions to his staff. No, no, They've no, gotten so marginally like, better. The staff but, has gotten better every time he made a change from his original staff. And heavy C, um, like, because we winning some battles against Bama here and there. We're not going to win yeah. all of them. But I think I think we need to have a conversation, man. Heavy C probably need to see his way out soon. And and may, and you 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 are maybe right, right? But what is the first thing? Oh, hey, maybe I'm right. <laughs> when when no we ta- when we talked on even the Gator panel like three years ago, before Stephen Gallon really existed, right? Well, what, what was the one thing we talked about? Dan Ma is that he is loyal to a fault to his staff. Right. right. And so the guys that are that are have left, he's improved and he's made those changes. But if you think that like Dan Mullen is going to go and make these whole wholesale changes to the staff, I just don't see it. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we said, hey, let's accept that this Ross or that this group of staff members is great at developing talent. And that's what they are. But like to get upset that a kid goes to Alabama instead of Florida. No, I mean, I get it though. Line, like, this is why I get it. Because Okay, you're saying like, yeah, we're gonna lose the Bama, but we also know the heavy losing people to damn to anybody. So that's the frustration. It ain't just he losing somebody to Bama, he losing somebody to, to damn near Santa Fe. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and I'm not defending John Hevesy, right? And that's that's the thing, right? I wasn't defending anything about Florida. It's just, hey, you have a kid, Tyler Booker, a kid from, I think, Maryland that's at IMG. So it's not like he's an in-state kid. He's not like he's a legacy or anything else. You know, he chooses to go to Alabama. We get all up in arms about it. Right. You know, I, I just – I think that that attention can be diverted elsewhere. I'm not saying that recruiting is going well on the offensive line either. Oh, no, um, definitely. Like – I think, like I said, we got some good kids. We got some talented kids. I like the um, the talent they bring on this roster. I think Billy Gonzalez is recruiting at an elite level. Uh, I like the way uh, Crime Dog is, is on the scenes. Jules' name is ringing bells. All the new guys. C-Rob has always been a recruiter. He's solid. Yeah. Um, I just think is that I think David Turner's good, a good recruiter. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's still he's in it for a guy that we I think we're gonna beat Bama for at defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. see? Come on, man. We lost another lineman this week. Uh, a kid that made his top three. I'm forgetting his name right now. We're not in that. In the school, Tennessee's in that. Right. What, are you, what is Tennessee selling that heavy security at can't sell? I agree. I get it. It um, It's to me, so like last year during the season, everyone's saying, you know, if Ty Grantham comes back out in the second half of this game, I'm never watching another game again. And I'm like, listen, Dan, I, I didn't, Dan had fired one coach in his entire career as a head coach, and he replaced that guy with Todd Grantham. I was surprised right. that Dan made two moves um, uh, in the secondary this year. And I just don't – I don't know what would have to happen for Dan Mullen to fire John Hevesy, someone he's been with um, since they were both assistants at Utah at Bowling Green. Yeah, Bowling Green. Green. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when Mullen that's, left – his dog. Like, he's not letting – Hevesy would have to, like – we got plan some on, on some charges. What, yeah, we got to plant some meth on them or something. <laughs> I think Hevesy was Hevesy the only coach that went over with him to Mississippi State. No, Billy. Oh yeah, Billy G. Did he? I thought Billy G. went to LSU for or uh, he's at Georgia, right? I think he went to LSU first, didn't he? Didn't and wasn't that the sticky note situation? That was LSU. Billy Gonzalez went to LSU in Illinois before Mississippi State. I, thought, I don't know I why I thought Billy right left. No, 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 no. Billy left. Billy left out the Percy like lumped him up, right? Allegedly. Yeah, I thought that there were no. 
No, that was a maybe. I think that that was the LSU. I think he went to LSU first, and then Illinois. I think he made it back to Mississippi State, or there was a there was definitely. I he definitely didn't go with him to Mississippi State. So I think John Hevesy may have been the only coach to go with him, and that was thirteen years ago. So I don't see Hevesy leaving, um, and I think that. Man, Mullen boy, that's a, I can't just give my friends money like that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you sure. You sure still? I promise you, bro. You about open. to you about to see. I cannot just give my friends money, man. I mean, there's got to be frustration. There's got to be something going on to consistently lose these guys, right? I mean, Florida has recruited some okay offensive linemen. They've got a lot of players that have potential, but man, consistently lose is is tough. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, Spence. That's right. I like that, Spence. Thanks. I can't read that on the show. He, he, um, Kevin O'Sullivan once told me, so I asked him about, um, players. I think baseball America had just written a story about them being, uh, like pitcher, pitcher you, something like that. Cause they had a, a run of great pitchers that were all drafted first, second round. And I asked about him developing them and he goes, great players make you look like a really good coach. And, and we're talking about how great this coaching staff is at developing cool Go develop the kid who's already developed and made himself a five-star as a 17, 18-year-old and see how far you can develop him in the three years you're going to have him instead of taking, you know, no disrespect to any of the kids, but taking these guys who are projects and and not going to get on the field for three years at best, you know, as a redshirt sophomore and developing them. So I would like to see, because I think that, I mean, these guys, they can can coach. Um, They can develop some players, but – it's not enough at Mississippi State. It's fine to to settle on some guys and and develop them and take your time. At Florida, you shouldn't be settling for for guys. You should be and like Silk said, Florida's going to beat Alabama some, you know. Um, but but I think you just need to compete more. And I was asked today, is Florida in rebuild or reload mode? And I'm no, like, we're not. Know. We're not rebuild at all. I mean, I, I don't think, think it's reload though. I wouldn't I wouldn't say either one. But I was like, they haven't recruited at the level of a, of a of an Alabama where Alabama can lose eight guys in the first round and, and they're still going to be favored right. to go undefeated and win again like you're not recruiting at that level I'm gonna be honest I think right now I would I would be like in some like reload mentality if we had an offensive line yeah because yeah. the skill positions on offense is crazy like we got some talent at running back wide receiver um we're solid at tight end not too nothing too crazy special like last year uh I believe in Emory Jones' ability. I just don't know what the offensive line is going to bring us. I think our defense is going to be good. Just from like the standpoint of us having a, a good defensive tackle rotation. I think that's uh, us having new DB coaches. Like this is small little things like that is going to fix those problems. But I don't think we're reloading because of the standpoint like we don't we, we not we don't have that mindset because we don't know what our offensive line is about to um do when they get out there. But that's, that's every year. Blow up the offense. You know, right. if, you, if you've got if your offensive line is buns, like it doesn't matter if you've got first rounders at receiver, first rounders at running back, and, and a great quarterback. If your quarterback's right. running for his life, there's only so much you can do. It starts in the trenches, so you can't have one of your worst recruiters in the trenches. That's just that's just basic stuff. Like you either need to get switch up something, maybe with that extra coach, maybe we do one DB coach and get an extra offensive line coach to help mm-hmm. him or something. But right now. Development, I ain't seeing it, or recruiting, I ain't seeing it. That's something we were talking about when they were when they were looking at 
getting the new, you know, making new hires. I was like, would you get another offensive line coach and then just have one secondary coach? Um, I think you'd probably need, you know, like that would have worked more when like Will Muschamp was here. Because, hey, Muschamp's the head coach, but he's going to coach the safeties. And, and then, you know, you can have, you know, just uh, uh, one guy coach the cornerbacks. But um, Okay. Why do you think he's so bad at recruiting? Let me just ask you that. Hevesy? Yeah. He's a he's a different kind of dude. He's a everybody says dude. that, but like the fans want to know, like why don't nobody want to play for this guy? I think I think it's just effort. I, I think it's effort. I don't think the uh, some of the guys on the staff put in as much time um, into just reaching out to kids um, from from an early standpoint. You, like you're talking to these guys when they're sophomores, juniors, building that relationship. Um, and then just reaching out, even even to like they do a really good job of it when like a kid doesn't get into school and goes JUCO. Like they they were talking to Juwan Black more than than they're talking to like the five star, four star offensive lineman that is, is like in the current recruiting class. Um, I, I think it's just an effort thing, to be honest with you. I could be wrong, but I think that's um, definitely him. I think it's effort. I think um, he's a little old school. We don't understand technology. He's yeah. not going to kiss kids' ass. It takes a lot of that to recruit these days. I think he's just too old school and too stuck in his ways to 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 be even a decent recruiter. Right now, it's just pathetic, bro. They need to get a uh, they need to get a couple young GAs or or some analysts. They need to get them Hevesy's Twitter password. No, they just get a new offensive line coach or that. Huh. I'm getting yeah, all these interns and getting like a whole 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 tech support staff behind him. <laughs> I, I don't know why the relationship between John Hevesy and Dan Mullen is so strong. I don't know if they're like just best friends. I don't know if there's a, a relationship that he understands the the offense or whatever it is. I mean, I think it's curious that, you know, he's never done more, right? He became the offensive line coach at Mississippi State and has been in an offensive line, you know, role. You've never seen him want for more or be considered for more. Um but it is curious because he's never been an elite offensive line coach. He's never been an elite recruiter. He's not always been good at either as well. Right. And you can't blame not having his players. You can't blame a lack of development by somebody else because it's him. Right. So there's, I, I don't know, but he's a different dude. I mean, as a guy that, that worked around him for, you know, he was the offensive tackle and tight end coach at Florida. Uh, he's a tight end coach first. And then I think he picked up OTs, uh, but he's a different kind of dude. He, you know, he had some issues where he, you know, flared up and, and said some things to some players, you know, lat was it last year, or the year before. Um, I, I, I think that he's an old school, different guy that doesn't necessarily relate to people. And, you know, I, I think other people do a better job at it. He's the, he's a coach that you like, you, He'll never be on a segment of mic'd up at practice. I don't have think y'all seen – all right, enough of, the, enough of him. Have y'all seen <laughs> – have y'all seen – Phil Trotwine? Oh, my God, man. What do you bro, say? He is he – is, Phil Trotwine, he played – Oh, my God. Before. I was about to ask he y'all, bro. No, don't, don't tell me. That's why I stopped y'all from the madness. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> uh, I got a candidate. I already want to hire somebody. <laughs> You're filling the position that's already filled. Yeah, I'm just projecting it for, for the offseason, you know. Uh, Phil, man, Phil's on the trail doing what he got to do, man. You know? Yeah. I like Phil Trotwin a lot. Um, he wanted to come on the show last year, but uh, Penn State said no. Um, a lot by 21 Savage from Spotify. Yikes. 
<laughs> yeah, I like Twenty One Savage too. <laughs> That's a Dan's bender. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, Alex is not Savage. trying to let Dan stop the bender. They don't. They want me to play some Twenty One Savage, I guess. But uh, no, Phil. Uh, Phil would be an excellent coach at the University of Florida. He's a great recruiter. Uh, he was a very talented NFL guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, played at Florida, so I would love to see that connection to Dan Mullen. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're not going to fire him on uh, this show this week. All right, positions filled. What you talking about, <laughs> bro? We All right. smooth. He he was vibing to begin with, and then we just talked about him too long. That was a, That was an hour long yeah. segment on SEC Media Days. I think it's time to move on. Uh, some other let's before we do that, let's give a f- shout out to our friend Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. So, auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call, 1-800-95-INJURED, or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, 1-800-95-INJURED, yourfighthourbattle.com. Uh, in recruiting news, we talked about offensive lineman Tyler Booker, who announced last week that he was heading to Alabama. Uh, Florida came in probably second or, or maybe somewhere in the top five for his services. Uh, but he's going to be heading to Alabama. Uh, other big-time prospects, five-star linebacker Sean Murphy uh, has announced that he's going to be committing in just a couple of weeks on August 1st. Uh, it looks to be a Florida and LSU battle. Uh, some folks right now are giving the edge to LSU. Some folks are giving um, – the edge to Florida, especially because his relationship with uh, Christian Robinson, linebackers coach. Uh, I know that uh, Jeremiah uh, Williams um, has a, uh, is a is a similar story of a guy that they thought was leaning elsewhere uh, and ended up committing to the University of Florida. So I know C-Rob likes his chances, but uh, Silk, your thoughts on uh, Sean Murphy? Let me give my sources. I think, like right now, I, I I would say us right now. I like C. Rob in this battle. Um, this is different. It's a difficult one to call. I got to hit up Connor and some other people behind the scenes to see what they think. But um, they were feeling really good about Sean before, but they felt good about some guys and missed too. So I'm not about to get excited at all. But last I heard, he was uh, leaning towards us. All right, Nick. What are you hearing from um your forecast and the folks over at Rivals.com? Connor, Connor would know more than me. I got, I'm, I'm, no I'm, 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 I'm no, I'm, I'm chin deep in, in uh, <laughs> no surprise. I'm chin deep in football. I told you, football season starts. I'm dealing with the guys that Dude, Nick's, and Nick's on his first signed. day. Nick's on his first day of work in in months, <laughs> and he's already chin deep. So I'm just happy, just happy to be here. Yeah. Whatever pays the bill. So uh, outside of that, uh, tight end uh, Mac Markaway from St. Louis, Missouri, um, has announced that he is going to be committing on July 28th. Uh, His finalists include Florida, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Iowa. Alabama has an offer. Uh, It seems, reading some of the tea leaves, that it might be a Florida-Notre Dame battle. Uh, I know we have recently seen Tim Brewster tweet out some commentary. Uh, it's always cryptic. Never know who it might be about, uh, but tweeted out some things the other day. Uh, so um, Mac Markaway is, is very much considered one of the top you know, tight end prospects in the country. Florida is looking uh, to bring in two, adding to uh, CJ Hawkins, who they have from down here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, so 
Notre Dame, Florida battle. Um, I think the Florida might be a, a favorite here, uh, but uh, Silk, Nick, uh, your thoughts. Well, Nick, we'll just defer to Connor the next time he's on. That date right now, like from the, he, he had a visit set up to Notre Dame for that same date of his commitment. So if that visit is still on, I would have to say Notre Dame. It's, that's some good deductive reasoning there. I did, I did not know that that was his visit date. Um, that's what they had on the side. I, just, I was just reading. Um, I went and checked out his profile, and he had a visit set up from Notre Dame on that same day. So if he cancels that visit, <laughs> I feel great. But if he's going on it, I kind of like, think tea leaves is there, right? Yeah, that's that's good. So, I mean, you know, I think that he's an outstanding player. Yeah, I haven't heard his name as much, um, you know, when I was – Texting some folks earlier today, I was kind of surprised that Florida was as in it uh, as they are. Um, he's ranked by 247 as the number four tight end in the country, number 93 overall. So, you know, really solid player, uh, 6'4", 250. Not a guy that we've talked about much on this show, uh, but, but it would be, be, be interesting, um, you know, on the 28th if, if Florida does land his commitment. But if, like you said, Silk, if he's heading to Notre Dame that day, then – that would be that would be very awkward, mm. very awkward. Uh, let's see. Let's get into some other news here. Kyrie Elam, five six one, so was announced to the Benaric watch list today. Very good. Shout out to the five six one man. I expect big things out of Kyrie this year. First round draft pick type stuff. Um, locked down one side of the field. Mm-hmm. Make Jaden Hill job very difficult. Jaden Hill, who's ever on the other side, better bring their work pill every Saturday because they're getting a lot of action. Yeah, that's like the offensive coordinator is looking at film leading up to the game. And it's like, well, we're not throwing at five. I don't care who's on the other side of the field. We'll, we'll try our luck with that. So you're going to have plenty of opportunity if you're the cornerback uh, opposite uh, hey, of yep, you can't hide. <laughs> I saw his um I I like this. Um I saw Stingley today. He was here for LSU. I think those guys are like connected all year because it's gonna be who's the best cornerback. And I think you're gonna be talking, we're gonna be talking about like week to week. Um, and then certainly towards the end of the year, who's gonna be the first cornerback off the board when the draft comes, who's the best cornerback in the country? Uh I think it's gonna be between those two. Already. I like that. I like that. Uh, let's see. I think that that's it in football news. I don't think that I missed much. Um, the 2021-22 football non-conference schedule was announced. Uh, Florida will be playing Elon, Florida State, and UW-Milwaukee at home to start the season. Then they get into the Fort Myers tip-off with Cal Berkeley, Ohio State, and Seton Hall. Uh, they'll have Troy at home. Then they'll travel to Oklahoma followed up by Texas Southern and North Florida at home. Then they'll play in the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational against Maryland. They'll play against USF in the Orange Bowl Classic. And then they'll play Stony Brook at home. You have a long Christmas break. You get into the SEC schedule. And then you have Oklahoma State uh, for the SEC Big 12 Challenge, which is going to be in Gainesville uh, this year. In other news – Women's basketball head coach Cam Newbauer uh, has stepped down as uh, the women's basketball head coach. You may remember Cam Newbauer from his time uh, on Stadium and Gale last year, uh, but he has announced just a couple of weeks after signing uh, his extension uh, that he will be stepping down. 
Kelly Ray Finley, who was an assistant coach uh, with the team, has been named interim head coach uh, for the Florida Gators women's basketball program this year, uh, and they will then uh, start their search for a new head coach of the Florida Gator women's athletic or a basketball team. Pardon me. Yeah, that um, surprising timing is sus. Yeah, very sus timing. You know, um, I think it was six weeks after because he was his uh, three-year extension. His extension was announced the same time as Mike White, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was like the same email too. I think I don't even think they separated. <laughs> wow. they it was just a, it was just a email. footnote. Yeah, they just tossed it in there as like a little bonus. Like they they uh, supersized it real quick. Yeah, <laughs> they announced Cam Newbauer's extension, and then at the bottom was a one liner about Mike White getting extended. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like you know, at the end of the car commercial they do all that crazy speech real quick you talk real quick it's, it's all the hidden fees yeah 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 that's what they did to us man, man oh man um, so very suspective timing very suspicious um all right everybody's favorite time of the show buy or sell Silk, you're up first. Buy or sell. Anthony yeah, Richardson bread, averages more than nine plays per game. More? I want to spend well, this Or nine. Money. Sorry, the number is nine. Buy or sell nine plus or eight minus. Unfortunately, I'm about to sell that, Daniel. Okay. That? What? You nine? Nine is a lot. You put in, in a year, in in a year, no, I didn't put them on a short leash. I, I, I said I post things. I told you about that. I post things. That don't mean I actually believe it, but you got to throw out that hypothetical. Okay. So I think I think Emory's gonna have a great year, one and done, out of here. Nine plays. I thought Emory would average nine with a, a non mobile quarterback, and his style difference being so so you know different. I thought that we would see at least nine snap, snaps a game from Emory. So. Those guys' game being so similar, there's no way he, I, he gets more than nine a, a, um, a game, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You took you took the words right out of my mouth there. That's to me. I'm with you. Like you had two totally different stylistic quarterbacks. My my concern last year was I thought Emory would get a lot more touches, a lot more run, and I was like, oh. But then are you at the point where whenever Emory comes in, you know it's a running play or or an option, something like that, and and then how you disguise it? Uh, well, you didn't disguise it. You just kept him on the bench, holding the clipboard instead. Um, and, and now with, uh, I think we, when we started talking about this, we were talking about Tebow and looking at what Tebow's, um, freshman year was and how many touches did he get with Chris Leak. And I think, you know, uh, I, I don't think we get into that Tebow territory. And I think that the number nine was, was Tim's number. So I'll sell with you, bro. I'm, I got, I got money to spend cause I haven't bought it. I haven't bought a damn thing in weeks. Well, you frugal as hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy that he gets uh, 10 plays uh, a game. Uh, I think that I think that that will be helped by the fact that Florida is playing uh, some games where I think that they should get out to some early leads. I think that he'll get, you know, 17, 18, 19 snaps in some of those games. It'll up his average. Uh, so I'm going to buy uh, just because I think that Florida blows out FAU, Sanford, uh, and uh, USF. And Vanderbilt. All right, buy or we, sell. We, we had blowouts last year, and, 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 and mm -hmm. I, like, I just yeah, but I don't, I don't know if I believe the hype of Emory Jones being on a Heisman campaign, which is why I think Kyle Trask stayed in more than he did. 
Maybe. But, but you also, sold. I bought. So I could be the one with egg on my face. Take it. We'll, we'll revisit all the buying and selling for sure. Yeah, no. Shout out to uh, our friend on Twitter, Ben, who's keeping track of all of these. Ben, uh, know I got all the bread, bro. He knows what's up. <laughs> so he's going to end up owing the podcast money at the end of the day. He's going to say, all right, Dan, it's time for uh, our monthly distribution. Be like, Sir? <laughs> all right. He spent it all on nonsense, man. <laughs> Buy or sell. Ventral Miller is the leading tackler on the Gators roster. I'll buy it. Boom. I'm putting money down. Yeah. Yeah, leading tackler. Big I bread. think he might get some he might get some Antonio Morrison treatment. I remember Morrison's like junior or senior year. If he was in the neighborhood of a tackle, they were like, yo, give him a half. There were some there were some plays where I was like, What? He, he got credited? I think I think he uh, some- <laughs> I just looked it up. Yeah. In twenty fifteen he had sixty one assisted tackles. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, just give him like give him a half, give him a half there, and then all of a sudden you got 150 tackles in a year, and you're like, what? I think he's just the last person to jump on top of a pile. Oh, just give him, give him 0.5 for that. Like, so you oh. may have been talking about the 2014 season, Nick, where he had 71 assisted tackles. Yeah, there you and go. Then, and the next years. most on the team was 43. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little. Uh, you get the hometown stat guy. Uh, just just throwing out throwing out assists, and and those those add up. Yeah, no, I buy. I buy Ventro Miller being the leading tackler. Do you guys buy or sell that he has more tackles than eighty six, which is what he had this season? It's just a, a random number, but yeah, I think so. I, I asked him today too. He played through a lot of injuries last year. He he was banged up. Um, I think you know he might he might have been able to get like a, a some scholarships, <laughs> some nil money from like a cortisone company. The way he he was playing through like shoulder injuries, ankle injuries, and stuff. I think a healthy Ventro. He's just got a good head for the game. Like he's he's a smart football player. He's gonna put himself in the right in the right spots. He's not good against the pass um, in, in coverage and stuff. But uh, I really like him as a middle linebacker. Yeah, um, Nick. Speaking, can you do a brief aside? I know Dan Mullen uh, talked a little bit about the Gators' defenses uh, at, at SEC Media Day. Say, did he say anything of of real note other than he didn't think that they were as bad as maybe the stats indicated? Yeah, he thought they played uh, very, very well in some stretches. And uh, that because their offense was so explosive, that teams had to play them differently and maybe, you know, had more opportunities. So that was a take. Uh, that's that's a take. All right. Um, Silk, you bought it. I'm, I'm going to buy as well. And finally, Demarcus Bowman, buy or sell. He has eight or more carries this our uh, per game this season i'm selling that okay really Nick? yeah i don't think i think come on bro we got a million running backs in one ball and dan mullins on get them seniors running uh carries it's echoing bro yeah i hear it too So Nick, I take it by your really comment that you do you think that Demarcus Bowman will have more than eight carries. No, I'm selling. I just thought so. Oh. Buy. Oh. No, I can't buy that right now. I I, I have awareness and like like simple stuff. I can read a room pretty good. So. 
how's his injury situation going? He should be good to go. He should be good okay. to go. I think he um, dealt with it in the spring. Obviously kept him off the field. I think yeah, he got like scoped. You go and get cleaned out, and then you're ready to go by, uh, by the time fall starts. Very good. I'm going to sell uh, as well. I thought I was going to get one with Silk there. So give us a brunt ad read. And you be trying to set me up, bro. That's crazy. I know. Sorry, it's, it's all part of the game. Um, let's get a brunt ad read, and then let's get to a Gator News of the Week. From the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg has the best customer service, the best insurance that you can find in the industry. Visit him at bruntinsurance.com, whether it's life insurance, auto insurance, um, motorcycles, renter, uh, renter's insurance for apartment, uh, business insurance, uh, commercial insurance, whatever you need, my man Greg could take care of you. 954-589-2204 or bruntinsurance.com, man, for all your insurance and financial services needs. Greg, I'll see you Saturday at Bubbles and Bowties at the Cushaws, man. I hope you went to go see Hong Kong Rudy. Andy, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was here. So what's funny is I didn't see him this time of year. Didn't know that when we were talking about him on the show, he was still in Tampa. I looked up. I was like, when's the next time Andy going to be here? Well, he left uh, last weekend or last uh, last Monday morning. So missed him this time. He'll be back soon. But uh, let's give Kwame, a Kwame, shout Real quick, Kwame hit me up. The, the, you know, the, the, the diehard guy, yeah. friend of the show from Victory Roll Up. He is a bro, that's a real guy. I'm in New York, and, and, and Hong Kong Andy gets me suits as well. How about it? Man, yeah, he works for like the government and like Congress and stuff. So I was like, maybe Dan got a real good suit guy. I should be nervous on Saturday. You will one day learn to trust me. All right. <laughs> I've never, I've never let the style, uh, never let style down in front of you. So, all right, let's see. Uh, in Gator news of the week, not a ton happening. Uh, let me dive into this quickly, uh, and then I'll get into some uh, Gators in the Olympics. Shout out to Billy Horschel, Sam Horsfield, and I believe it's Yushin Lin who all uh, made the cut at the uh, the Open Championship. Uh, they all finished uh, above the cut line. Uh, so shout out to the three of them. It's a, a tough tournament. It was a tough uh, couple rounds. Uh, but shout out to uh, Billy Horschel and Sam Horsfield, who are uh, graduates of the University of Florida. And then Eugene Lin is a transfer uh, from the University of Southern California. He just joined the team back in uh, December. Uh, so shout out to him for uh, for making that cut line. Uh, it's a tough tournament to, uh, to perform well at. So congratulations to them. In Olympics, got some facts for you here. Uh, 31 Gators uh, have qualified to compete in the 2020 Olympics in eight different sports, which are uh, basketball, uh, basketball, baseball, golf, gymnastics, soccer, softball, swimming, and track and field. Uh, they're going to represent 15 countries, uh, the United States, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Uruguay, Venezuela, Serbia, Puerto Rico, Liberia, Jordan, Japan, Jamaica, Germany, France, Canada, Bahamas, and Australia. Uh, so congratulations to all of those 31 folks representing those 15 countries. Uh, the Gators will have now, uh, because softball is being added to the Olympics, the Gators have now had Olympic athletes in baseball, basketball, beach volleyball, bobsled, 
diving, golf, gymnastics, judo, soccer, swimming, team handball, tennis, track and field, indoor volleyball, and then, of course, softball. So best of luck to all 31 Gators that are heading to the Olympic Games. And then finally, in women's lacrosse, the Gators added a defenseman, uh, Leah Lingo from Virginia Tech, uh, as a graduate transfer. Uh, so welcome to Gator Nation, Leah Lingo. And that concludes your Gator News of the Week. It's time for Manscaped and then take it home. Oh, shout out to the great. It's hot, man. That's first of all, like the, the heat is ignorant in 2021. I don't know. Um, maybe the heat wasn't the same because it was in like uh, quarantine last year. I think we quarantined the heat last year because it didn't feel like this. That's first of all. But shout out to my ball deodorant, man. Kept me cool, calm, and collected at the Kushaws this weekend while doing that fire interview with Tracy Howard. Uh, it was hot out, man. Um, our AC went out for a few little minutes at the Kush house. I had to get an AC guy in there a little bit. Everybody in that mug was looking a little toasty and a little hot. I was cool as a fan. Shout out to the great folks at Manscaped for that ball deodorant, man. Just kept your boy cool and chilled. Coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off. Free shipping. Dan, you're getting washed. You're getting old. I know you're doing benders, but you're about, I'm going to give you another two years away from getting this weed whacker for your nostrils, my man. Oh, very good. No more benders and a weed whacker. It's in your, it's in your uh, future. I put that to use as well this weekend. Uh, I'm going to make sure everything's fine-tuned for the birthday weekend. No nose hairs, no no ear hairs. Manscaped, I appreciate you good folks, man. Absolutely. Love the folks over at Manscaped. Well, Nick, this concludes our show this week. Enjoy the rest of your Let's enjoy the rest of your time there in Birmingham. I know you're hanging out with uh, Alba Verde and the boys, so uh, enjoy your bender this evening. Shout out um, to Alba Verde. He's rapping at my at my shindig this weekend. He, so he told me he had a gig. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> we, we hanging out a little bit. Uh, we're going with something new. Just came out Friday, I think. Uh, Pop Smoke's posthumous album. Um, mm. We're going to go with song three, Television. You're good. This is my, I'm a hip hop guy. This will be my first time listening to this because I don't like Pop Smoke. Uh, he's a little that boy. I can't do it. I no, like no. I like Pop. Um, album's kind of weird. Um, I I mean, it definitely wasn't. I mean, twenty songs, fifty six minutes. This one this one's like three and a half. So like this is like almost you know a good portion of the entire album. But I think it's like when when somebody dies unexpectedly like that, you probably have parts of songs. Um, right. Recorded, but not you know fully fleshed out. Right. Who gets to pick the the track list? Is it like his producer? Is it his family? Is it? I was wondering that. That I mean, I'm sure it's a producer. You know, that's picking the track list. No, 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 no. Whoever. Who? I mean, I guess the 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 state. Whoever owns the estate makes the final. That's, state that's what I was wondering too. That's what I was guessing. So. Hopefully the money is going to you know the family. His estate, yeah, bro, yeah, he's and he's making, a, yeah, he's going to the estate. He's making crazy amount. Of, I mean, he's sad that he died so young, man. His prime, his future was crazy bright, but um, like he's been charting like crazy for forever. Um, mm. him and a couple other guys that passed, they just stayed at the top of the charts for the last like year or so, man. Shout out to Nipsey, he's at the top of the charts as well. I just get out of here, man. Same corner, same time. Same corner, same time. Already. See you guys Saturday. Nick? 
Bring the whole family, man. The kids and all, man. <laughs> no kids. No kids on Father's Day. No we'll see you guys next week. Already. Tripping. Wilding on television. You could still see a nigga tell the vision. Pimping. Pimping. These boy pimping different. Yeah. These boy boys. Pop was here last week. He was talking about Brooklyn and the place Brooklyn was at. How they were really like thriving right now. And he, but he was, you know, he was trying to pull people up with him. And he wasn't even to where he was about to be. He just was trying to. He was trying to get. I mean, he was on his. He was well on his way. Um, it's just tragic. 20 years old, rest in peace, God bless Pop Smoke. Look, nigga, we made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Nigga, we made it. Thank God that I made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Look, mama, I made it. Look, I remember the days. Same fits for a week straight. I used to eat 50 cent cake. Now it's for leaps. It's for leaps for the steak. And hella thoughts up in the race. I can't wait that thought Till that bitch get out my face We killed your big brother We killed your little brother Now it's for leaps It's for leaps for the state And hella thoughts up in the race. Sit up in the lamb and skirt off I spent 50 up in bird off I got shit you never heard of Mike, I don't care what it costs, no And I always give a pull Rain, snow I did a hundred on a pro. If you drop in the wool, we come where you live. Black nine if you rip. Pull up and empty the clip. Whoa. Dread had the strap or something. In the floor, swimming reckless. Please do not play with me. Nigga, I keep a K with me. Look, nigga, we made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Nigga, we made it. Thank God that I made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Look, my mom made it. Nigga, we made it. Come from the trenches, nigga. Trap, trap. Same fit for a week straight. Get it. I'm saying 50 cent cake. Now we ain't for these state. <laughs> Look, Tyler got the album of the year for now. But pop about to drop. I see the platinum in the clouds. Now push about to drop. So real trappers stick around. The crown is only for the king. They trying to place it on a clown. I declare war. Nickname, he sell raw. Different city, same ghetto, bring the woos on tour. Push start, drop top, 812, two door. Baby Rover, Benz coat, bitch, he got it, choose yours. How could I not? Woo! How could I not? When the brick is 36, bitch, how could I stop? These Richard Mills are one of one, shit, how could I watch? We made it, we made it, whether you like it or not. Nigga, we made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Nigga, we made it. Thank God that I made it. Nigga, we made it, we made it. Look, mama, I made it.